This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. everyone and welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you're listening to this the week that the episode goes live, uh, you can come to the School Wellbeing Champions Meetup on Saturday the 21st at 10am Queensland time. I'll put a link in the description. I would love to see you there. I am, I've been having some fun conversations in Instagram stories um, this last week or so around the topic of School Wellbeing Champions um, following on the back of last week's episode. And so come and join that conversation. I've been um, sharing some thoughts and also, you know, sharing some of the feedback that I'm getting from some of you about it. Um, Overwhelmingly, this is obviously something that is resonating with you uh, and definitely something I'm going to uh, share more about in the future and um, definitely planning to do some more of these meetups next year. So uh, if you happen to miss this one, just head on over to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash wellbeing champion. And there will be some info there about the next ones because I'm definitely going to do some more in 2021. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that and yeah, come join the conversation on Instagram at self-care for teachers. So obviously at the time of recording this, it is, uh, late in the year 2020 and, you know, it, I love this time of year. I, um, you know, it's the time of year that I start looking at planners and calendars and thinking about all the possibilities of a new year. Um, this year I actually have already purchased two calendars uh, and I have a planner coming in the mail and I also am in the midst of just updating my uh, my planner that I have made, the self-care uh, for teachers, self-care planner and healthy habits tracker. So the updated 2021 version of that with a few new additions will be in my Teachers Pay Teachers store in December. Um, so I love this time of year. I love planning. I love getting organized. Um, that being said, the flip side of that kind of excited, getting organized, hopeful about the future feeling is often anxiety. Uh, and you know, this can be a really anxiety filled time of year for many people at the best of times, let alone in 2020 with everything that's been going on. So, you know, in a normal year and this year, you know, we've got the usual assessment and reporting cycle lots of end of year tasks, all the uncertainty of, you know, are we going to get everything done in time and the deadlines looming quickly. And, you know, also the thoughts start happening about term one next year. What's, what's the new year going to bring? If you are on a temporary contract, uh, then you are likely waiting to find out if and where you have a job next year. And I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. I, it, it sucks. It really sucks. And you're getting the messages from your you know, your principal or your deputy that they can't tell you because they can't because the staffing, you know, decisions are still being made and you probably won't find out till week nine or 10 of term. And it's really hard and it's really frustrating. Um, And if you have a permanent position, you're probably waiting to find out what subjects you'll be teaching next year, what year level. Um, Maybe you're, you know, having a transfer. So, you know, there'll be a new start next year, but you obviously still uh, finding out about that new school. If you're in a leadership role, you're probably managing 
all the uncertainties of your staff um, and maybe of your own position as well, um, as well as all those other things like enrollment numbers and budget allocations for next year and just all those kind of administrative level tasks as well. And that doesn't even include the stresses of, you know, the silly season in your personal life. And this year we have the added bonus um, of all the uncertainty that the pandemic brings. Um, You know, here in Australia this week, we have just had another little outbreak and certain borders are closing again and people who are running events and who had organized events in South Australia for the end of year are suddenly scrambling, wondering if they can still run them or what they have to change. Like there's just so much uncertainty flying around. Um, And the thing about uncertainty is that human beings don't really like it very much. Um, In my experience, teachers tend to be some of those human beings who don't love uncertainty. We generally like to be organized. We like to have a plan. Let's face it, we like being in control. (laughs) Uh, And this time of year brings us right up against the fact that we can't actually control everything. Um, In fact, we can't always control anything uh, and it can be very very uncomfortable and this year in particular in 2020 in particular we have also kind of already probably hit our threshold of that kind of uncertainty sitting with uncertainty limits so you're probably also really tired more tired than normal because of the extra amount of you know cognitive energy that just sitting with the uncertainty of all the changes and all the all the things that 2020 has brought us, um, you're probably likely really tired. So just take a moment right now and acknowledge if that's how you're feeling, there's nothing wrong with you, right? You're tired because sitting with uncertainty, it's a drain on on the batteries. So if that's how you feel right now, I just acknowledge it and be very, very kind to yourself. Um, And, you know, that discomfort of uncertainty, it's real, but also let's acknowledge that it won't kill you. It's uncertainty, it's uncomfortable, but you, you can be present with yourself in that. You can sit with that feeling and practice self-compassion around it. And, you know, sometimes sitting with it, just sitting with it, practicing self-compassion, it sounds like the opposite of what would help. Um, and I don't know about you, I've been watching The Crown the new season of The Crown, and um, we we rewatched the third season of The Crown, you know, in the last couple of weeks in the preparation for the new season of The Crown that's just come out. And there's a moment when, um, you know, the Queen says that doing nothing is sometimes the hardest thing to do uh, because taking action in a situation where you feel like there's a problem or you feel like there's some uncertainty, taking action it sends some signals to us that are kind of soothing that, okay, well, I'm doing something about it. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it or sometimes you shouldn't do anything. You know, in the case of the Queen, she's not supposed to intervene in uh, political things and doing nothing is really hard. <laughs> doing nothing when when you want to be able to do something and whether that's because you shouldn't intervene or because there's actually, there's actually no action that you can take, it's really hard. Um, and we we actually usually try to kind of avoid or numb that discomfort. Um, we're very, very good as humans at distracting ourselves from that because it's uncomfortable. We don't like to sit in the discomfort, but actually tuning into it makes that discomfort more comfortable. If we can actually name it and acknowledge it, 
that actually helps us feel not not necessarily happy about the situation, but it can help us accept it more. Um, and there's a line that I love from Harry Potter. Um, I think it's book five. And Hagrid says, what's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. What's coming will come and we will meet it when it does. I've actually got it on a post-it note stuck on the wall above my desk. I can see it right now. I refer to it often. And yes, it says goblet of fire underneath it. So um, what's coming will come and we will meet it when it does. It like it just reminding myself that the future will arrive whether I worry about it or not, you know, and, and when it does come, then I will deal with it then. And it's a practice. And what that means is this is not a once done kind of activity. This is a, a sometimes I have to remind myself of this several times a day over and over and over and it's hard and repetitive work which is also that in and of itself is exhausting but it helps right I do it because it helps um and I share that with you because I think it can help you as well in in those times when you are feeling overwhelmed and you know sick and tired of not knowing what's what's going to happen next or not being able to plan for next year or you know frustrated at the system for not being able to tell you what's going to happen next year until week nine you know you know you don't know if you're going to have a job next year until week nine of this term things like that like just remind yourself what's coming will come and we will meet it when it does um and because i find that acknowledging my rising anxiety and my extreme discomfort (laughs) with uncertainty uh just acknowledging that makes me feel more in control in the moment um, and in more in control even of the things that I, I can't control, but especially more in control of the things that I can control, like my breathing and my response. So it's really easy to tell ourselves that we're being ridiculous when we start to get anxious. You know, we should just suck it up, get on with it, you know, pull yourself together. Like we're very good with our self-talk at being kind of mean to ourselves um, and And like I said, that numbing behavior, you know, shutting it down, don't acknowledge it, just push it down, suppress it, go and do something else, work some more, have a drink, watch TV, you know, do something to distract ourselves from that feeling. But that usually only does one thing, which is to send those anxious thoughts underground where they actually continue to wreak havoc, but with less chance of us consciously steering them to some kind of healthy expression. Um, so I would really encourage you instead of trying to suppress the anxiety at this time of year and instead of numbing those uncomfortable feelings with food or alcohol or TV or more destructive habits like drugs or gambling, um, I invite you to open a dialogue with your anxiety. Now, obviously only do this if you, if you feel, you know, safe, psychologically safe to do so. And you maybe want to do this with some support. So you might actually want to do this at a time when you've got you know, a buddy or a loved one to help you talk it through. Or maybe you even want to book in, you know, a session with a counsellor or someone to help you navigate this process. But, um, you know, I do think it's powerful that when we actually pause and acknowledge our feelings and acknowledge how anxious we might actually be feeling or how much uncertainty we actually have already been kind of managing and just sitting with already this year, it can it can help because it can help us 
refocus on what we can control, which is ourselves and our thoughts. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but it can also really help us be much more compassionate to ourselves in our own mind. And instead of that, oh, stop being ridiculous, pull yourself together, shut up and get on with it kind of thinking, we can actually say, oh yeah, wow, I have had a lot going on this year. It's been a tough year for obvious reasons, but maybe also in your own personal life, there's been things that had nothing to do with coronavirus that were challenging as well. And and actually it allows us to be much more self-compassionate because we can actually name it and then say, yeah, that was hard. No wonder I'm so tired. You know, I'm not lazy. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. Anyone going through what I've been through this year would probably be feeling the way I'm feeling right now, which is tired, anxious, annoyed, frustrated, all of the above. Um, so acknowledging those, those frustrations and those uncertainties and those anxieties can actually help lessen their control and, and like I said, help us focus then on what we can control, which is sometimes it's only our thoughts, but it's definitely our thoughts and our actions. And I do have to remind myself quite often that I have control over my thoughts and, you know, I don't have to believe everything I think and that I can redirect my thoughts um, and not in a kind of everything is fine and I'm just going to think positively and deny reality kind of a way, but actually in a really deep understanding that sometimes the only thing I can control is my thoughts. And it's, and it, it's in some ways, you know, depending how existential we want to get, but it's really the only thing we can ever control. Um, no matter what's happening, I can choose or at least redirect my thoughts. Maybe control is the wrong word, but redirect. I can redirect my thoughts. And it's not easy, but it is possible. It's a skill that we can build over time and it does help. So one redirect that I'm sure I've shared before is the switch from what if to even if. So when we are anxious. Uh, we often, you know, we're thinking about the future and we are thinking about all the things that could or might happen, all those what ifs. And if we actually just take that same sentence, you know, what if I don't get a job for next year? Or what if I get coronavirus? Or what if the borders shut down and, you know, I can't see my family for Christmas? If we change that sentence to even if, it turns a question with kind of no happy answers that make us feel really helpless it turns that question into a statement that needs finishing and that usually I find anyway reminds us to finish it with something helpful so instead of what if I don't you know find out about my my job next year we change it to even if I don't find out about my job next year instead of what if I get coronavirus even if I get coronavirus and instead of what if the borders, you know, shut down and I'm not able to see my family at Christmas? We change it to even if the borders shut down and I can't visit my family at Christmas. Doesn't that feel different? Just that one switch. Even if you don't end the sentence with anything, you just say, even if I can't see my family at Christmas. But what you can end the sentence with is pretty much anything and the sentence will feel better than that that kind of dangling what if that just just makes you sit in that sense of anxiety and uncertainty and kind of hopelessness sometimes. So even if you only change it to even if, it will feel better than if you 
didn't change the sentence from what if to even if. But here's some good options for ending that sentence. So even if, insert thing you're worried about here, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. That's probably my favorite one. You know, even if I don't get a job for next year, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Or I am enough. Or I will make proactive choices. Even if I don't get the job I want for next year, I will make proactive choices. Even if I get coronavirus, I am enough. Another one is I will call on my inner courage and strength or I will be resilient. Even if I get coronavirus, I will call on my inner courage and strength and I will be resilient. Even if I don't get the job that I want for next year, I will call on my inner courage and strength and I will be resilient. What about I will be brave. Even if I get coronavirus, I will be brave. Even if I don't get to see my family at Christmas, I will be brave. I will be resilient. Even if I don't get to see my family at Christmas, I will make proactive choices to make the best of the situation that I've got. So I will maybe try and see people around me. Or it, it just it, ending that sentence or even changing that sentence from what if to even if actually sparks some creativity because it, it, it makes you, it broadens the focus. And when we're in a stressed state, when our bodies are actually um, you know, full of the stress hormones and in, in our sympathetic nervous system. And one of the things that actually happen, and it is a survival instinct, is that our focus narrows. So, you know, if you're being chased by a tiger, your focus narrows to 100% focusing on getting away from the tiger, right? On survival, that fight or flight stress response, part of it is really narrowing your focus so that you don't notice things that are irrelevant until that threat goes away. The problem is most of us are not facing those kinds of threats anymore. We're actually living with a fair amount of chronic stress and threats that are, if not, if not immediate, they're, they're sort of present, but not, maybe they're a little bit more existential than they are immediate threats. And the problem with that is that it narrows our focus also away from the things that we can control and away from actually all the options that are available to us. And there's almost always more options than we think. So we get really kind of fixated on one thing that we're worried about, which is maybe, will I have a job for next year? Or will the borders close and I won't be able to go and see my family at Christmas? And then we can't think about anything else and we kind of because we're, we're just caught in that looping of our thinking, we're not actually noticing, well, okay, we're not problem solving. We're not being creative about what we could do or what options actually do exist for us. So changing that what if statement into, what if question into an even if statement really helps us to shift back into that more problem solving mode, but it also reminds us that we are stronger than we think. We actually, we can do hard things. We've done a lot of hard things before. You know, our track record of getting through tough days is 100% because we're here now. We've had tough days before and we made it through. They were tough, they sucked, but we made it through, right? So changing that, you know, the energy around a what if statement is very, oh, what if, you know, panic and hopelessness. Whereas the energy around an even if statement it's, I find anyway, it's much more calm. It's very grounded. It's like, even if the worst case scenario happens, 
this is what I'm going to do. Even if that bad thing that I'm worried about happens, I trust myself. I am strong. I will get through. I will be brave. I will be resilient. It is such a powerful, powerful shift. Redirecting your thoughts in these very challenging times is one of the most powerful acts of self-care that you can practice. Like I said, it's not easy, <laughs> far from easy, but it does help. And it's, it's a similar process to redirecting your thoughts back to that kind of, okay, there's nothing I can do about that future concern. What's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. Just refocusing, reminding ourselves that whatever is coming next year, next week, tomorrow, it will come and you will deal with it then. And even if it happens, you will deal with it then. For now, take a deep breath. Take a few. Take a few slow, deep breaths because that's also going to help shift your nervous system out of the sympathetic into the parasympathetic from fight or flight back towards that rest and digest. A few slow, deep breaths. Keep your mind focused on this year, on this week, on today, on the things that you can do to respond instead of react here and now. And if you find your mind wandering again to all the what ifs, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Acknowledge it. Notice it. Acknowledge your anxiety. Name it. Give yourself a a gentle, you know, metaphorical or literal hug, you choose which one, and just come back to Hagrid's reminder, what's coming will come, we'll meet it when it does, and even if it happens, you'll manage. We can do hard things, teachers. And take one day at a time. And as always, remember that you are a person first and a teacher second, and you're so worthy of your own care. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher well-being and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care.